heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. The thing that concerns me the most about all this climate business conversation is really finding the truth in all of this, but but more than that, not losing people in the process. I just think a lot of people, a lot of folks turn the conversation off when it comes to this. And, you know, listen, I mean, they they figure that uh, if that's what's going to happen to the world, we succumb that the climate gods are going to come down and, uh, you know, (laughs) wreak havoc with us, then so be it, I guess. I guess there's so many problems going on in the world. How do you really prioritize these things? You know what I mean? You know, and how do we prioritize the conversations? And because we only all have so much brain power, correct? You know, so much bandwidth, we can deal with all this nonsense that's coming at us 24 seven in the news cycle. So that's what I'm most afraid of is a lot of people turn it off or they're not really paying attention. But I have to tell you, these are real world policies. These are things that are absolutely unequivocally impacting our lives in ways that we don't even know. Most people are not aware of I mean, those who are following it are surely aware of the charade game. This is, this is, in other words, that ultimate shell game, you know? You got the shells there and you move around and you try to find where the ball is. This is the ultimate shell game, if there ever was one. It's this conversation today I want to talk about. And by the way, in the meantime, they ha- they're having this COP27 deal, which, you know, and we're not talking COP meaning police, law enforcement. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking this big deal. They get together every year and they, you know, they lie. Well, I guess they lie to each other. Uh, of course, we don't really know what goes on behind the closed, closed doors in those conversations. But they're certainly lying to, lying to the public with a lot of this nonsense here. And uh, the um, a couple of things here, a couple of things. We're going to bring out a couple of experts today to really uh, open this up. And uh, they know a lot about this. Two of the, actually two of the best voices, I think, are they're surely dedicated their lives to this uh, movement. Uh, and I'll tell you who they are right now, actually. It's Dr. Jay Lair will be here. The, I mean, it's incredible voice. And uh, he's a senior policy analyst with the International Climate Science Coalition. Uh, he worked with the Heartland Institute for many, many years, his science director there as well. Uh, one of the most interested and connected fellows in in the business, really. It's amazing how, you know, it's funny. We're all connected in so many different ways. We don't always know all the people we know that know other people. You know, it's interesting. Tom Harris is the executive director uh, of the, uh, again, they're up in Canada, in Ottawa, a beautiful area there, uh, based at International Climate Science Coalition. Uh, he is the executive director there. And we'll tell you more about that a little bit after here. But the work they're doing is really to be acknowledged and uh, to understand the, the just the uh, importance of this work uh, is uh, it, it needs to be noted, people. It needs to be noted uh, of what's happening. Uh, so this climate thing right now, what's happening is, you, you know, you think about all of the economic problems we're having. You think about the energy concerns we're having. 
you know, this whole idea of wind and solar and fossil fuels and then high gas prices and all of this stuff is connected now. It's all connected to what the demise of what people are doing with, you know, when uh, the squad in AOC and Bernie Sanders and, you know, that whole group, you know, you get a visual in your mind of what I'm talking about, right? When they all started talking about the green, new green deal and uh, the whole, you know, that whole movement there, uh, most people looked and couldn't believe that they were really having this conversation to what it was. And so it started out there. And then Bernie Sanders, and it was a little bit of lunacy is what I'm suggesting, but then Bernie Sanders come up with this unity task force, remember? And then and then he was going to run. He's always running for something, running for president, running for mosquito control, whatever the hell he's running for, you know. And of course, he's a communist. He's a communist is what he is. Uh, and there's a lot of these cats around, actually. But Bernie's just at least at least Bernie's out in the open with it. You've got to give him that, that much credit. Uh, but he's still a snake oil salesman at the end of the day. But he kind of tells you that at the process as well. The problem is a lot of people believe him. A lot of the kids believe this crap. Uh, the uh, the younger generations, you know. And uh, so when he did that, he did a marriage. So the, the Biden administration, if, uh, you know, if, if Bernie Sanders was like part of the, um, I don't know, I mean, I kind of call them the devil's community, Satan disciples, you know, I could see Bernie Sanders being on at least the board of advisors there, probably on probably a little more invested in the whole thing, but he surely is connected with all that. Well, he he got Biden and his people, his cabal, his handlers, because it's not Biden, of course, uh, to marry into all of this uh, Green Deal stuff, which is equivalent to snorting crack cocaine, I would imagine. They're probably doing some of that as well. I don't know. It's probably where this all comes from. They get high, high as a kite. Come on, yeah, let's just put this out of the world here and uh, we'll all get high and get rich, fat and happy here. You know, I don't know. There's a possibility, you know. And, and so I think that uh, Sanders got Biden and his Kabbalah's handlers to marry in to this task force green energy thing. But they started to package it a little differently. See, the left, the Marxist left, they're amazing packagers. I mean, they could take a pile of doo-doo, dog doo-doo, you know what I mean? Wrap that sucker up and sell that to every American, basically, as the best thing since, well, diamonds. Uh, you know, here it is. That's the doo-doo, the doo-doo package, you know. And uh, they they just brilliant at this thing, people. And so they um, they married in to um, Bernie. They in other words, they sold their mission to the devil. Is basically what I'm suggesting. And they repackaged it all in the doo doo thing, the packages, you know, the the climate doo doo. And they put that out there with the public, and the and people are just eating this stuff up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Everybody's getting, and then you know the, and then they're showing pictures. I seen a photograph on the Guardian uh, just this morning here, and it has. Uh, what, the reason I bring that up is because it's got flooded all over the place, flooding people riding their bicycles and water that's taken over the tires of the bikes, and you know. And with no other consideration to what really is causing these things, somehow this is all about that the climate gods are pissed off with human the human race, and they've now dubbed it down to, you know, all of this climate business. Uh, the world is ending kind of thing. And this is getting pretty well out there. Picture, yeah, picture of people on the bikes. Uh, that, that was quite an image. I've seen a bunch of those images, actually. I did a little bit of searching to see. And so this is all part of that packaging, that doo-doo packaging I'm talking about there. 
I don't know. I'm in a bit of a mood here, I guess. Uh, Dr. Jay Lear, let's bring you on here live with us before I go too far down the doo-doo path, please. And uh, I'm in a bit of a mood, as you can tell. I don't I get in these moods a little bit. But I, you know what it is, Jay? I get annoyed. I get annoyed. I get really annoyed that we're, it's like beating your head against the wall and nothing ever changes. You know what I mean? You know, it's the same garbage, garbage in, garbage out. You get the same feeling? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And uh, Malcolm, uh, you <laughs> went on a, a very nice rant. And <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I agree with every single word uh, you spoke. What you are doing is trying to take back the curtain that covers up the evil people uh, that are winning right now in trying to uh, worry the world about things that they don't need to worry about because there are other more important things in people's lives. But their primary goal has nothing to do with climate or storms or, mm-hmm. or flooding, and they're actually showing their face now. We just finished a meeting in Egypt called COP27, it was the 27th annual meeting of the United Nations gathering together essentially 192 of all the countries in the world uh, to talk about what to do with climate. Uh, But now they've exposed themselves. They're no longer really talking about climate. And I have a handful of friends that were in Egypt witnessing the fact that science was not on the agenda. Uh, There was very little science, very little papers, talking about whether trying to convince the world that man has something to do with the climate of the earth, which it has nothing to do with its uh, powers within our solar system uh, and, and the sun's activity that determines our climate, our climate. But this time at the meeting in Egypt, all the meetings were focused on the wealth distribution and why that all the damage that developed countries have done to our climate, causing damage on all the other countries, requires that all the developed countries yeah. uh, give money to the underdeveloped countries in quantities that are mind-blowing. Mm. But this year they did something special. They establish a fund for everybody to contribute to, and then if your country has a storm, a hurricane, a drought, any kind of episode that you can blame on the developed countries like the United States, then these countries can get money out of the fund that the developed countries have contributed to. So all you have to do is have any climate situation that you can say that caused damage, the United States and other developed countries must pay for it. And they're asking all the developed countries to put money into the fund in advance. And believe it or not, we're talking many trillions of dollars a year. And then the undeveloped countries kind of go to the bank and cash a chit. Say on the chit, it says, uh, we just had a hurricane. We would never have had it. Had it was it not for the activities of using fossil fuels in developed countries. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we're entitled to so many billions of money out of this climate chain, this climate fund. It, yeah. It's sheer insanity. Yeah. Yeah. It isn't going to work, but it's very <laughs> clever. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I know exactly what you're speaking about. And uh, looking at the backdrop of this, you're exactly right with what you say. Uh, they um, they have this whole new uh, finance mechanism they're doing uh, and they're trying. Well, it's a it's a it's a um, Robin Hood effect. Right. Jay, it's a Robin Hood. They take from one and give to the others what they're doing uh, to these countries and stuff. Uh, it, it's it's always that way, it seems. Um, that's what it's all. That's what it's always been about. Right, it's right. never been about climate, though. It is clever that they started right. a, a hoax over thirty years ago, and when they own the media, who repeats it a thousand times every day, that's no exaggeration. Well, that's exactly it. Not only do they repeat it, but they show those images, Jay. They show all those pictures to show how dire the situation. And here's what I really can never get my arms around is that we don't have, climate is not stagnant. It's not supposed to be stagnant to my recollection here. Uh, I mean, climate, it, it's constantly, it's unknown, it moves. It's, I mean, we have a very unique atmosphere here on earth, which allows us to live and breathe and as human beings and function on this planet, which is clearly a gift from God. I mean, not every body out there has, in fact, we don't know really any that have this sort of a makeup right now, although there are others in other universes, they're saying that are just like Earth. Maybe we have to seek, seek those out. I wonder if they're having the climate uh, uh, people on those planets or what have you. I don't know. But it, it seems like they're taking, like you say, any kind of an event, Jay, whether it's a, a, a hurricane, uh, a flood, a, a, even an earthquake, a tornado, a rainstorm, a hail. It doesn't matter what it is. And they can say, oh, look, 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 there, there's there's another one. There's another one. There, there's another one. And it's this constant movement of the fact that it's like, do they really think people are going to buy into the fact that the climate is supposed to be stagnant somehow? And they can blame everything on the fact of climate change? I mean, it sounds like a like a really ignorant, stupid debate to put out there. It, it is. But people have given up really uh, analyzing the it. situation. They're That's just it. accepting that they don't have a history of understanding geologic time. I used to live in Connecticut, which had a very variable climate. And we had a saying, if you don't like the weather, yeah, wait yeah. 30 minutes, wait yeah. 30 minutes, it will change. And of course, it always does. But common sense, uh, most of the public, they don't worry about climate change, right. but they tend to believe in it. And But they're never going to give their hard-earned taxes to these undeveloped countries uh, the UN primarily that's trying to redistribute the, their wealth. So we're going to, uh, people are going to suffer a lot of pain. Well, uh, that's but- what I was going with the pain factor. And people don't realize, Jay, these are real world policies that are impact. So when people kind of put their thumb up or their nose up and think, ah, whatever, they're just playing around like they're big, uh, they're big kids just playing around with some climate crap. What could possibly go wrong with that? A lot could go wrong with that. Now, coming out of this meeting, the COP27 there, and there's a bunch of things to talk about, including I do want to get later on to talk about this SEC business, which is also very, very fascinating. Uh, but he, here's here's a write-up I have here. The world still stands on the brink of climate catastrophe after the deal reached at the COP27 United Nations Climate Summit, you know, uh, and the biggest economies must make fresh commitments to cut greenhouse gas emissions. Climate experts and campaigners have warned. Now, this is right out of their thing. And here's the thing. Let me bring Tom Harris into the conversation on this. And here's the thing about this, Tom, is that I read somewhere here they're looking for. OK, here we go. Now, this this boggles my mind. And I, I, I mean, in all sincereness, I'm not sure how this I mean, what would the world look like? 
if this happened, what they're saying is that they aim to cut greenhouse greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. And the goal is to achieve a net zero emission economy by 2050. Tom Harris, what does a net zero emission economy look like by 2050, please? Well, it would be an economy in which we didn't have much in the way of energy because we would not be allowed to burn fossil fuels and the small amount that we did burn, we'd have to somehow suck it back out of the atmosphere. You know, one of the real concerns, Malcolm, is that if we achieve the targets that some of these groups are promoting, like 350.org, which is promoting that we reduce CO2 from 420, which it is now to 350, we would be sentencing millions of people to starvation because over the past century, the increase in CO2 has been in the neighborhood of 50%, which has been a, a good thing. It's actually still very, very low for most, of, for most of the world's history. CO2 was much higher, 10 times higher. Plants around us evolved at a time when CO2 was at least double what it is today. And of course, that's why they pump CO2 into greenhouses. But what people don't realize is that two things have happened in the last century, which have allowed us to feed 8 billion people, which we currently have on the earth. One of them is the aerial enrichment of increasing CO2. That's led to much more crop yield. And the other, of course, is fertilizers, nitrogen-based fertilizers. And of course, they want to massively reduce that as well, because that puts out nitrous oxide, which according to the climate alarmist, is causing a climate crisis. So the impact of these two things reducing CO2 emissions and therefore generally reducing it in the atmosphere, but also reducing fertilizer would lead to millions of people starving because like it or not, the only way we can feed people is if we keep CO2 high and we increase it and continue to use fertilizer. If we don't do that, we're killing millions of people. Well, because your agricultural crop, uh, Tom, your agricultural crop and uh, all the beautiful, when you look out and you see all the green I would imagine all of that would be threatened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in fact, it's interesting. NASA, believe it or not, have a video in which they show that the greening of the earth has been caused largely by our consumption of fossil fuels. Right. And they don't pull their punches. They don't say, oh, well, it has had some contribution. No, they say it's a major impact, which is greening the earth. And that's you know very different to what you hear out of the for example, the Goddard Institute of Space Studies in New York, where they actually talk about the climate scare. The bottom line is there's nothing bad about warming temperatures. There's nothing bad about increasing CO2. We should want both because up to 20 times more people die due to the, due to the cold than due to the, the, the warmth. And, you know, I don't know very many Canadians who don't uh, look on going to Florida as a lot more attractive this time of year than Alaska. <laughs> right. And going to the North Pole. Right. Uh, yeah. For sure. They're, they're, they're two different things entirely. Yeah. To, to be sure. Um, now, uh, uh, yeah. uh, Malcolm, just for a second, you asked uh, Tom a question and he answered it in uh, excellent detail. I'll give you the short answer. If we reach net zero by 2050, this will be a dead earth. There'll be no life on it. Everything they're doing uh, will result in the killing off of life in which uh, Tom gave you some numbers. It is not going to happen. It can't ever happen. So the question really is, how much suffering do regular folks have to go through in order to realize the stupidity of it? Now, we thought the Republicans would win the election uh, last week or two weeks ago 
when uh, they had high gas prices and high food prices and they were suffering a little. We were wrong. They didn't suffer near enough to recognize the absurdity of the Democrat slash Communist Party. So they're going to have to suffer some more. Yeah, that's that's a viable point right there, guys, is the suffering that goes on. And that's what really gets me is people don't really grasp the reality of the moment. And and I'm actually thinking, Tom, Jay, when you were just describing that, Jay, as Tom was explaining earlier, that's my visual in 2050. If they were anywhere successful in pulling us back to a third world country and or the early 19th century, uh, we would everything we know and that we've embraced for our new world here would be gone in a heartbeat. So so this is sort of a money scam. It's money laundering. It's a money scam. When does this actually surface to the top? And Jay brings up a very good point, Tom, is that like, OK, you know, uh, you know, how much pain does one need before they say uncle? How many times do I punch in the gut and lay you down on the floor before you give yeah. up? That's a hell of a question, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, it's an important question, because if we look at February of 2021, when Texas had the massive failure of their electricity grid, uh, 700 people died, okay, because they were overly reliant on wind power. Now, of course, they're going to say, oh, no, it's the natural gas that failed. Well, actually, a little before the storm hit, 58% of Texas's electricity was coming from wind power. It was the most in the nation and the wind died. And so essentially natural gas had to compensate not only for the extreme cold, but it also had to compensate for more than half of their electricity suddenly lost because there was no wind. So what we saw in Texas, you know, tens of billions of dollars in expenses, 700 people died. And, you know, some of these stories are really quite tragic. A little boy, for example, froze to death in his sleep. He just died in his own bed. And that's what we're going to have to see happening over and over and over across the United States, I think, before people wake up. Because that's one of the outcomes of the climate scare is you turn off your most reliable forms of electricity in favor of these very flimsy and in fact, environmentally damaging sources of power. You know, they're not environmentally clean. In fact, they're not green energy in the least. They're actually very dirty when you look at the way that they're made. So, right, and, right. and also Malcolm, when, when you look at things like electric vehicles, mm-hmm. you know, Ron Stein, who's an engineer from California, he's spe- focused specifically on EVs. He says that when you actually analyze the cradle to grave greenhouse gas emissions of an electric vehicle, it puts out more than a normal gas powered car anyways. So this sacrifice is not worth it. It's not going to give us anything. Yeah, no, that's uh, perfectly said there, um, uh, gentlemen. Uh, you know, this um, th- this is very concerning to me, this whole climate thing. And the more I see about it, the more we can see it's a complete ruse onto uh, the public, onto the public everywhere. And it's a worldwide event. All these countries, Europe is having a hell of a time with this thing. And others are, other countries, it's not just here, the phenomenon, what I'm saying, friends. It's a global deal right now. And everybody's lining up and kind of falling in order, which is hence what Jay was talking about a bit ago here in regards to the COP27. Put your money in, and then whenever there's an event, you can take some out uh, sort of thing, you know? Uh, the public is going to have to get onto this stuff. And that's the biggest concern I think we have is convincing the people of what's going on here. And that's what I invite you out there, friends, to help us understand. How do we get through to more and more of the people? How, how do we get through for them to really understand the truth, the out loud truth? 
and not just all this sugar-coated garbage, or as I referenced earlier, those little boxes of doo-doo, they're going to pass around to everybody and sell it like it's, you know, something uh, of value in our lives here. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty sick uh, story here. Uh, this um, also, there's another piece to this we'll talk to both Jay and Tom about. And that is the, uh, you, you, this is almost another trip of the mind here, the Security and Exchange Commission. Now, let's be sure you understand the SEC. The SEC came to power back in 1929 with the, with the uh, Wall Street crash there. The, see, this is, you know, remember that old saying there, you know, never let a crisis go to waste. Well, that's what government is all about. That defines government. That defines the big government. Just like the Homeland Security thing came to power after the whole 9-11 episode and all that. These government bureaucracies, they always find a need. You know what I mean? It's always that they can't even do what they're doing right now. But then they create these new government agencies who suck up the money like a Hoover vacuum cleaner. And uh, then, you know, we end up having more debt which is now over 31 trillion and counting and running fast here. Uh, that ratio to our GDP is going to be a, that's going to be a bigger catastrophe than climate will ever be because we won't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw out of as the country goes. We continue to borrow money from everybody and we don't have it here. Uh, and, you know, the, the social programs, the social welfare uh, uh, programs that are being put with this, which is defines Marxism, that defines a communist country, socialism. Those are all the same words. They all lead down the same path to hell, basically. And that's what they're on here. And it's it's the undoing of society. It's the undoing of America is what's taking place. So this SEC that, again, was created back, as I say, with the Wall Street crash. Uh, they're now in the business of, and this really is pretty trippy for the mind here, making some cli climate change policy themselves here. And, uh, you know, the ESG, you hear about the environment, social governance, the ESG campaign. Um, and so they're in the process, and their aim is to cut the greenhouse gases emissions again, uh, by 2030, with that, what I was telling Jay and Tom and explaining to you a bit ago here, this net zero emission economy by the year 2050. You know, and you know, many of you listening to the broadcast here, let me be clear, most people will be here in 2050 to remind you all, you know, you're, you're all not going too far away here, but that's not that far ahead here. It's less than 30 years, friends. All right. I mean, it's it's coming quick here. Uh, so time keeps going on, but many of you will still be here. And uh, I don't know, I'm trying to do the math here to see how old I'll be, but I don't even want to go down that road, I have to tell you here. You know, where, where does time go? Do you find that yourself? I mean, where does time go? It's, it's crazy. I wake up sometimes and pinch myself because I feel still like a, um, you know, like a kid, you know, like an adolescent. And I say, well, you're not a kid anymore, Malcolm. You better grow up. I don't think I'm ever growing up, friends. <laughs> Something like that. We'll talk more about that SEC anyways. And uh they're uh, making climate change policy. Uh, and, uh, you know, listen, let me take a moment here as you're listening to this on America Rock Out Loud Talk Radio and tell you that I am wishing the very, very best of the holiday season for all of you. This is something people need to do. And I remind myself of it right now to step back and, as they say, smell those proverbial roses or the flowers in your life or whatever it is that you can do. Just don't smell the carbon footprint, you know. Um, but it, it is time we need to step back. We've been through a horrendous period of time as a people. 
with all the hype, the problems of the COVID hype and the, the catastrophe that that was and is, the catastrophe that the economic demise is, the elections, the vitriol in the country. Uh, there's a lot of pain to go around, friends. It's important to step back and enjoy the time with the loved ones and people you want to be around. And that's what the holiday should be about, really. So step back and collect our thoughts. And, and that's what I wish for everybody coming in through this season here. I also love this time of year, and I'm going to continue to tell you that, to remind you, and I hope you'll fall in line with me when I say this, but I love this time of year because it allows us the opportunity to get ready for an excited new year and to do it all over again. That's the gift of life right there. And there's something magical to me about the end of a year. I always love it because we're going to birth the new year. You, you know what I mean? You know. So look at that in your mind. I want you to plant that in your mindset right now, okay? Well, that you've got a whole new opportunity coming up here in 2023 to do it all different and change your life the way you want to change it. You deserve that, friends. Take, take some time for you to figure out your own path forward in your own life and take those moments to connect the dots. That's all I'm saying. I think it's important we remind each other of that, okay? I've got a lot of exciting things. I am definitely will take advantage of that, by the way. We've got some really exciting things happening on the platform here, the network, even my show here. There'll be some changes coming up. Can't get into any of them now, but I surely will put the carrot out there to tease you a little bit. We have some exciting new programming coming to America Out Loud Talk Radio coming into the new year right now. And some of it will start happening in December here with soft launches we'll be doing. And we're revving up the schedule for an exciting new year as we leap forward with some really cool stuff. And by the way, Jay and Tom, who are on here, have a fabulous show, The Other Side of the Story, uh, on the weekends that plays here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And, you know, when we launched that weekend programming, which is uh, just shy of a couple of years back now, uh, it's um, it, it's been remarkably successful. It, it, it succeeded, uh, surpassed my expectations is what I'm suggesting to you. And we could not be more pleased and blessed to have the kind of lineup we have on the weekends. People, they come and they listen for hours and hours and they'll turn the radio on and it's it's become a real family of, of listeners and people who enjoy the network. A lot of it's because of the diversification and programming, the unique voices on here. Uh, so I want to mention that to you as well. And uh, their program, and I'm looking it up right now, so I get the times in my mind. I know it's 11, uh, for sure, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Now, of course, you can hear that anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio, uh, anywhere in the world. Our, our media player, world class, just go to the website and click Listen Live. That's the media player. It is second to none. I mean, it's amazing. And then those apps, they work. <laughs> Apple, Android, Alexa. They're equally amazing. Uh, and we have a great family of app holders. And occasionally we send you a notification of a new show coming up or something happened on the network or on the weekends, that kind of thing. So get the app if you don't have that as well. Uh, but anyways, it plays at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, there is an encore at 8 p.m. is what it is. That's the encore. I just looked it up now to be sure of the encore time. So hard to keep it all straight here. But to look that up as well. The other thing I want to mention to you is the work they're doing at the International Climate Science Coalition. Uh, and I'm going to give you the website. There's a lot of heavy lifting here. The work that uh, Tom Harris is putting out there with this movement and the work he's uh, really 
dedicated his life to the movement to do that. And Dr. Jay Lear, who is a senior policy analyst there, uh, surely has uh, committed his life on the forefront of this movement. They're trying to get the truth out to the people. Well, that website is I, as an igloo, think of cold, right? Igloo, I, I-C-S-C, okay? I-C-S-C, or what does he say as a kid? I-C-U-P, that'd be I-C-U-P, right? I cup. We used to say I cup. Put I in front of cup. And we used to do that as a kid. Say that to your friends. Did you ever do that? Say put I in front of a cup and say I C U P. Oh my God. We'd laugh. We'd laugh as kids, right? But this is not I C U P. It's I C S C. We could create a rhyme out of that or something. Maybe you'll remember it. I C S C dash climate dot com. I C S C dot climate dash climate dot com. I say that fast three times. ICSC-climate, ICSC-climate, ICSC-climate.com. I said it fast three times. How do you like that? Got it right. Uh, so if you go on there as well, uh, you'll see there's an area, click here for ICSC's help to fight climate alarmism in your city. And they're on the move to do that. So he's got a lot of cool things. In fact, you'll see that Tom was on Laura Ingram. If you like Laura Ingram, uh, the program there, he was just on that show just recently. We have a lot of our uh, hosts get on these programs. Uh, and of course, Dr. Jay Lear is always on a lot of the national programs as well. But anyways, check that out there. And the interviews they're doing at America Out Loud right on the site. There is a donate button there as well. If you can put in, uh, um, you know, hey, listen, every 10, 20 bucks helps, don't you think, friends? I mean, uh, sure it does, you know. But it takes money to make these movements happen and for people who've dedicated their lives. So I encourage you to help this organization out, the International Climate Science Coalition fight the bureaucracy and the BS that is permeated our uh, newspapers and our, uh, well, you can't even say newspapers anymore, our internet, right? Let's take a pause as we uh, catch our breath here and we'll join you just on the other side. You're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at liberty at americaoutloud.com. Liberty at americaoutloud.com. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com 
liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the Voice of the Nation, and this is the home for great talk radio, uh, America Out Loud Talk Radio, 24-7. Just turn those apps on and let it stream, let it roll. You can hear it anywhere in the world, or you can listen on iHeartRadio, the radio iHeartRadio network uh, we play on. We play on a lot of networks, actually. Uh, you can hear us on as well. And um, so anyways, America Out Loud Talk Radio. All the links, friends, are back on the platform. All the shows go to podcast. All the shows. So they can you can get them on podcast a day or so later. But for real time talk radio, it's right here. This is this is the era. I was just sharing with somebody uh, yesterday. This is the era that the Marxists left. This is the one medium they've not been able to eat up uh, that conservatives still have. The conservative, uh, uh, clear thinking American patriots uh, still have an opportunity to get a message out. It's talk radio. This is the medium of Rush Limbaugh. This is the medium of Paul Harvey. This is it right here, friends. This is it. Uh, uh, talk radio and America Out Loud Talk Radio. And now we're on to a new genre and a new generation of listeners here listening to Malcolm, Malcolm Out Loud here, right? And uh, that's what we're doing here on The Voice of a Nation. We're talking today some of this climate business and the COP27. Uh, and uh, you have another bunch of other adjectives you can call that thing, but it really is screwing over the public uh, is what they're doing. It's a money pit. It's a money laundering scheme or whatever you want to call it here for the rich, fat and happy. But these cats, by the way, they don't practice anything they preach. They fly around in the fanciest jets, have the greatest yachts. Uh, you know, they live in a cesspool of wealth themselves. Uh, they have no boundaries for these things, people. So it's this is the definition. If you want, if you don't believe me, this is the definition of communism right here. It's hooray for me and the hell with you. It's the elites and the rest of us. Do you understand what I'm talking about here? That's what I'm talking about. It's the elites and the rest of us. It's hooray for me and the hell with you. That is the definition of communism. It's the definition of the climate movement. It's the definition of all this crap they're throwing at the people. That's it. Dumb and down, people. That's it. And it's all through all the things we talk to you about here, uh, to be sure here. The Security Exchange Commission. There's a very terrific, a marvelous uh, op-ed on America Out Loud Talk Radio as you're listening to this on Talk Radio. And if it's on podcast, get it after the fact. Just go to Dr. J. Lear or Tom Harris's feed and you'll see it. But this is quite a story. And the op-ed is on the platform now. So I encourage you to go read it and take a look at this. Uh, and it's interesting, and you say here, and you say to sum up uh, the scientific, uh, economic, and political assumptions on which net zero investment is based on are detached from reality. Huh. Somebody should warn the public of the risk to investors. If not the commission, then who? Now, Jay, Dr. Jay Leah, when that statement is made, and we say, if not the commission, then who? The commission you're speaking about here is the Security and Exchange Commission, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. What are you expecting them to do here for us when you make that statement at the end of this thing? Well, they're not doing anything for us. They're doing things against us. As you said earlier in the show, the SEC was set up uh, with the fall of Wall Street in the great uh, in the 1920s, and uh, it was supposed to protect investors uh, from companies on Wall Street that were not well run, that were not investing their money wisely, and it did a, a reasonable job of that 
uh, over the next uh, 50 years. And then, uh, as have all the boards of basically all the organizations of the world been taken over by liberals, communists, socialists, they uh, became a woke organization, no longer looking at what made sense financially for investors to protect them, but actually to um, create financial policy uh, based on investing in companies uh, that were very environmentally friendly. They had social governance that uh, mm-hmm. basically was socialistic. And the, the whole direction of the SEC uh, changed 180 degrees. And now they're doing everything to guide investment toward companies that uh, believe that we're destroying the planet with climate change. And they they want to uh, uh, get rid of all fossil fuels. Right, they right. put they put down against every fossil fuel company, every oil company. So they're trying to direct all investment to wind and solar, which of course will ultimately de- destroy the entire world. Because yeah. Well, the, the only way to run a wind and solar, to me, is if, and I've told you this before, Jay Lear, and to be a smart guy here, if you take all the hot air from Washington D.C., the politicians, that would be enough energy to light this whole damn thing up. But they see they don't do that. They 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 don't use their energy for good purposes. What I really want to ask you here is this SEC, the proposed rule that you're saying that they have put forth about cutting uh, the uh, the uh, the ESG, cutting the cutting edge of the ESG movement campaign, you're saying to align the private capital investment with the climate policy agenda. So we got all that. And with the ultimate goal of a net zero emission economy by 2050, which is uh, stranger than strange. But if that's the rule they're put out, are you being sarcastic at the end of the piece when you and Tom say somebody should warn the public of the risk to invest- investors? Because that gets my attention, that line. But then after that, you say, if not the commission, then who? You're not expecting the SEC to do that when they're part of the problem, right? No, I'm expecting the public to recognize that the SEC is now a commission that is evil and that has the worst interests of the public, not the best interests of the public. And I'm even hoping... Yeah. Uh, that with the slight power the Republicans will have in the House of Representatives, that there might be a slight rearrangement of the people who sit on the commission, all of whom uh, are liberal mm. radicals today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good question. We don't really know if that's going to happen or not right now. I, I don't know. Uh, but there will be some changes coming, obviously, with all of this here. Uh, Tom Harris, this SEC business, and now that they, you know, they like everything, but it's like all these agencies, Tom, which I've already pointed out. Uh, it's like our look at our immigration policies and look at Homeland Security and the work they're doing. Ultimately, they never really serve the purpose of what they're designed for. It, it really is. It's bloated government at its worst. On every crisis we have, like I said, the old saying, Tom, never let a crisis go to waste. Every crisis we ever have, they may, they have a new government program to make the problem worse. Isn't that what's really going on? Yes, exactly. And in fact, one of the problems is that the people leading these organizations don't have enough skin in the game. In other words, if the country fails, if in fact the companies fail, 
these leaders are already wealthy and uh, for them to actually make decisions that would increase their discomfort, they're just not going to do it. And, you know, I, we noticed quite interestingly, when you look at the different energy companies in the United States as well, you find that the heads of these companies do not stand up for the company or for the people in the company. And part of the reason for that is because if they do, they'll get criticized uh, severely by the environmental lobby. Now, they don't want that. And many of these CEOs are they could be a CEO of a plastics company or, or virtually anything. And as I say, they're already wealthy. So they don't have much skin in the game. And you contrast that with somebody like Bob Murray. Bob Murray owned Murray Energy. So he had skin in the game. And he actually testified before the Senate that the climate scare was, in fact, a hoax. It was, it was not based on real science. But most CEOs are not like Bob Murray. They are not owners of the company. They're just hired by the company. And they would rather do what comes easy and please the woke activists than actually do what's good for their own company. And, you know, the average worker is the one that will suffer. And that's where they have to push their leaders a lot harder. That's hard to do, though, in a company. How do you do that without getting fired? Yeah. yeah. Let me talk about blame a little bit here. Lawrence Tubiani, uh, one of the architects of the Paris Climate Agreement uh, back in 2015, gentlemen, uh, he's now chief executive of the European Climate uh, Foundation. Uh, he's He blamed Egypt, uh, the host country for this COP27 business, uh, for allowing its regional alliances to sway the final decision. Uh, and they, he, he says that the, um, the next year's conference of the parties uh, under this framework of the UN Convention on Climate Change, uh, it's going to take place in Dubai, by the way, uh, is be hosted by the uh, United Arab Emirates here, uh, one of the world's biggest oil exporters. What the hell's wrong with that picture, Jay? Um, so you've got the world's biggest oil exporter, the UAE, and Tubiani, the, the, the Lawrence, the gentleman I was just telling you about here, uh, he, and I quote, he says, listen to this, the Egyptian presidency produced a text that clearly protects oil and gas, uh, petro states on the fossil fuel industries. Well, go figure, right? This trend cannot continue in the UAE next year. Jay, I really don't understand this. So you, this is how these people live out there. This is how they survive. This is where they get their wealth from and their money and and, and build their temples. How is it that he thinks they're not going to put fossil fuels and oil in front of this thing? And they're demanding that the UAE, what are these people on? I, I, I don't really get the connection of this. Well, it really is all a joke. And every word they say is yeah. to serve their country, their individual best. And it has nothing to do with what matters for the world citizen. Doesn't this prove it, country. Jay, what I'm what I'm sharing right now? Doesn't it's, this prove the point of when you say joke? We're not really meaning to be funny here. It is a real disgusting joke because yeah, it, it makes no Malcolm, damn sense. Right. And very few people who put in the time that you do to analyze statements by different people who are totally in contrast to each other. And yet they claim they're moving together for the betterment of man. Lying and cheating is a way of life for these people. And uh, you expose them. Unfortunately, uh, most of us don't have the time to read it all and recognize the absurdity of it. Now, I want to circle back to one okay. point we made earlier about you got to suffer before you're willing right. to change. I wanted to inject the fact okay. that in Europe this year, 
they're going to have major problems with blackouts and there's going to be a lot of suffering throughout Europe. Hopefully people in the United States will look at that and say, wow, that could happen to us. And maybe not this year. Maybe it'll be next year's damage. Well, let me talk about that, Jay. Hold on a minute here. Let me slow that down just a bit uh, because you bring up a really good point. We've been talking about the point you just brought up uh, with multiple guests on multiple shows of the pain and suffering that's that's projected uh, from some uh, to come out of Europe based on Russia, Ukraine, war, the pipelines, uh, the stupid policies that uh, Angela Merkel, who's one of the biggest doofuses in Europe, uh, who came out with um, in Germany and the way she uh, really, I mean, the damage she's done is monstrous. Uh, and also Macron, he's another uh, really interesting, uh, I've got to watch my adjectives here, very interesting world leader. And, um, and they're all in a class on their own. And they set this up to be a house of cards, basically. And now, if this really happens, and there have been projections that real people, back to what Tom was saying, 700 people with the Texas thing died. Americans don't even know 700 people died in Texas, by the way, with that fiasco. And we were just seconds, from what I understand, from the whole damn thing blowing up. But back to this thing where sometimes you have to have a 9-11 event, and I don't mean flying planes into buildings. I mean, something catastrophic at the moment that get one's attention is what I'm talking about. Like that event got our attention back then. Okay. Just like right now, we're going to need another one of those catastrophic events before they close the border up and figure out you can't let all the terrorists in the country, you damn fools. But they're still doing it anyways right now. My point is now with this here, you, you, you see, there's, I mean, what is it? I mean, I, I'm seeing Jay, Tom, there are a lot of uh, pipeline. There's a lot of deals. The European leaders are scrambling. I've been reading a lot of backstories and they're scrambling right now and making deals and they'll continue to make deals because they know the consequences are people are going to die. On the other side, experts are saying, no, no, potential is millions of people might die in Europe. I don't get the sense that's going to happen because I think they're going to put band-aids on all over the place and it's going to push this thing further down the road. Jay, to the point that you say earlier, it is pretty sick and seditious as people that we sometimes have to really suffer the pain and and massive people have to die before people have any level of common sense. This is not a good thing. And yet it's happening on so many fronts. Let let me follow up with, with two points. One, I have a general feeling that the standard of living of the average American citizen will have to decline 25% before they brush off the lies they've been fed for years. Okay, okay. I think it's it's dropping in the order of 10% now. We found out from the election that wasn't enough. But I think 25%. Jay, that's a good a- point you just made. Can you hold on now? That 10% you say is real. That's real. I know it's real. And and that's 10% could be 15%. But that's real, people. That's real. Everybody can feel that pain right there. And so you're saying if that sucker is doubled, maybe people will pay attention and say uncle, right? Yeah, I am saying that. But there's another major point. There mm-hmm. are some changes happening in Europe as a result of them recognizing the damage that is coming toward them. As an example, Germany has gone back to coal. Germany now is going back to nuclear. I believe France will lean back to improving their nuclear output, which is the largest uh, as a percent of their energy in the entire world. So I'm seeing along the edges, there are some people with common sense that are pushing in a little bit of a direction. 
so that the damage that we'll see here that will tell us, boy, we don't want that to happen, won't be quite as bad as it would have. And I think this will creep through the entire world. Unfortunately, I think it will take a decade. Yeah. Tom, what do you say to that? Because this is really interesting. The, the, the We talk about the stupidity, but the pain factor, uh, it, it seems to be we're not people are not getting the message uh, as quick as we'd like them to. huh? Yeah. And I think conservative leaders are partly responsible for that. I mean, we were recently at the conservative convention here in Ottawa called uh, Strong and Free Networking Conference, and the rank and file conservatives wanted their leaders to say the climate scare was a hoax, that it was in fact totally wrong, and that the whole concept that we control the climate is a mistake. The leaders are afraid to say that. And it's interesting, even from um, Alberta, you know, Canada's oil capital, it's where it's our Texas, their energy minister went to COP. 27. And she talked about how Alberta was doing it better to reduce greenhouse gases. So she was, in fact, supporting the climate scare. And this is what many Republicans are doing in the United States as well. They seem to feel that they can kind of finesse the situation. They can show that, well, you know, it's not quite so bad to do it this way instead of that way. Whereas, in fact, what we really need is to follow the example of Sally Balunas from Harvard University. She would say, I'm not even going to argue about who produces more greenhouse gases or how you reduce it because the whole thing is wrong the whole thing is completely wrong and we need leaders to say that in fact on last week's um uh, the other side of the story our radio show we had uh, a bonner uh cohen on he's wonderful yeah yeah he's very good and he said specifically we have to go full bore and tell the truth and i think that the republicans would have done much better in the last election tom you're so right they're not they're not they're it's it's how you bring up the argument tom hold on it's how it's how you debate the argument they're debating that instead of doing exactly what you're saying say well no we're not going to debate the fact of what that is when we sometimes go at the argument and say well you know how, what percentage of the emissions should we cut back? That's the wrong argument. The argument is, gee, let's just keep going. We need those emissions to be able to have the planet we have and the lifestyle we have. And right. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sally, that's the debate. she wouldn't even debate those issues. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's, it's a really brilliant point to bring up. Here's the other really I got to get in here, the caveat. And by the way, we didn't get a chance to talk about China. Uh, and John Kerry come out and said some interesting things, too, about uh, obviously China doesn't play with any of this stuff. They're just they're the biggest. Uh, if, if You know, if you're talking about fighting the debate again, which we get caught into that trap, they would be the, the biggest abusers anywhere. But I'm not sure that's even an abuse at this point. Now, that doesn't take away the fact that some of their cities smell a uh, smell like you know what. And you can't breathe anyways. But that's another animal. That's just basic pollution. That's a different thing, Tom, right? We're talking pollution versus carbon emissions. Yeah. I think. yeah. 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 And in fact, there are cases where if you try to reduce yeah. carbon dioxide, you increase pollution. And pollution. And, yeah. A good example of that is when you pump yeah. CO2 underground in what they call carbon sequestration. Yeah. That actually increases pollution because you get less wow. power out of your power station. You have to build all the pipelines and the underground storage and everything else. That's so a great you point. You increase pollution. That's a great point, Tom. Yeah. Uh, there's one other point. Uh, Jay, I want you to comment on this. And this this is kind of, we've just got a couple of moments left, but this is kind of the drum roll 
on it to me. And and this is where everybody's got their hand out. Everybody wants part of the movement. Everybody wants something. And I see like the Guardian who runs a lot of this climate crap as well as all, they all do. Reuters does. They, uh, they're they all in the wagon together, uh, you, you know. And so they where they have their donate button and where they want all their money for you to suck it up and pay for their uh, program there. Here's what they say, Jay. They say, our editorial independence means we are free to write and publish journalism, which prioritizes the crisis. There can be no more hiding and no more denying. Global heating is supercharging extreme weather at an astonishing speed. Guardian analysis recently revealed how human-caused climate breakdown is accelerating the toll of extreme weather across the planet. People across the world, they're losing their lives and livelihoods due to more deadly and more frequent heat waves, Jay, and more floods and more wildfires and droughts and triggered by this climate crisis. Well, at the Guardian, we will not stop giving this life all alter and issue the urgency and attention it demands. We have a huge global team of client writers around the world and have recently appointed an extreme weather correspondent. Please give here, donate. What do you say to that, Jay? I say that every word they wrote is as big a lie as one could ever imagine. They have simply decided that they will gain more readership if they pander to socialist, communist, leftist, Marxist, and they decided that coming out as strong as possible to support the biggest lie ever told since the beginning of mankind was the way to do it. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, Dr. Jay Lear, that is there, and Tom Harris, the International Science uh, Coalition, the work they're doing. I'll, I'll give you that website again here. I'd like you to visit and check it out, please, when you take write it down, jot it down, or we'll have the links in the podcast post as well when it goes to podcast. I-C-S-C dash climate. Remember three times fast. I-C-S-C dash climate. I-C-S-C dash climate. I-C-S-C dash climate dot com. That's how you get there, friends. Check that out there and all the programs and the things they're involved with. And you get a sense of the work they're doing there. It's, it's tremendous, remarkable. Uh, that op-ed, the Security and Exchange Commission has no business making climate change policy is indeed on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. You can get right over there and check that out and set some new goals for yourself. Let's try something different. Let's shake it up a little bit. You know what I mean? We say rock the canoe just slightly here. You know, it's, it's good to keep ourselves off balance a little bit, you know, keeps us fresh and weary and bright eyed. Shall we take on whatever the challenges are coming down the pike next here? I am wishing mankind that we the, the human race sort of gets a light bulb at some point and we figure some of this out, I'll tell you. Uh, it's very damaging to the human psyche and it's surely damaging to future generations. And that's our goal at America Out Loud, friends. It's to preserve this generation and get the out loud truth out there so we can indeed secure future generations. That's a very noble cause. It's a cause given to us by God Almighty. We continue the fight forward. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.